It's time for Supply Chain Now. Broadcasting live from the supply chain capital of the country, Atlanta, Georgia. Heard around the world, Supply Chain Now spotlights the best in all things supply chain. The people, the technologies, the best practices, and the critical issues of the day. And now, here are your hosts. Good afternoon. This is Kevin L. Jackson and Scott Lutton here with you on Digital Transformers by Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. And today we're really talking about Bitcoin and digital securities and and what they have to do with global supply chain. We have two great experts with us to link all of this disparate things together. Stay tuned for a wonderful discussion that will get you ready to do business in the digital world. But first, I'd like to also thank our sponsor, Digital Names by Total Network Services. We'll learn more about Digital Names later in the show. Quick programming note before we get started. If you enjoy today's conversation, be sure to find us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Okay, with no further delay, let's bring in our featured guest, M. Nadia Vincent, the CEO of Digital Transformation Leaders, and Bradford Boats, the Director of Operations at Total Network Services Corporation. So great, Nadia, thank you for joining us from Belgium. So please tell us about yourself. How, how did you get into digital transformation? Hello, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. I'm Nadia Vincent. So I've been in digital transformation or in technology for the last 25 years. Mm. Actually, I studied in Oregon and then 25 years ago, I moved to Brussels, Belgium. And I've been here working internationally, but mostly based in Brussels, helping in transforming organization. And it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me with you today. No, yes. So, Kevin, I got to share. I got to. I got to share with Nadia our our standard rule of thumb here. We stop counting after twenty. So, so all of us here, <laughs> we say two decades, and we stop there. So, <laughs> so we uh, okay, appreciate you. you. Uh, it's kind of late there for you, huh? Yes, yes, it's late. It's uh, almost ten o'clock in the evening. Ten p.m. <laughs> So really appreciate you. Thank you very much. And uh, Brad's on the other side of the world. He's out on the on the West Coast. So yes, uh, sir. So Brad Bradford, please give us uh, a bit of your background and and how did you find yourself basically at the leading edge of uh, finances with crypto? Yeah, it's a really cool story, and you know it's cool to see uh, where God in the universe just you know brings you right down the path you're supposed to go. Um, but I went to school in University of Alabama. I you know, was working for some cybersecurity firms uh, right after school. And uh, that's when I really took a passion for mm-hmm. Bitcoin because of uh, all the uh, criminal activity that was happening <laughs> um, in the real estate space and other places. And you know, basically at the end of the day, the FBI you know, wasn't able to really help any of these businesses that uh, may have had some kind of cyber or hacker attack um, that, uh, you know, intersected a wire transfer. Mm -hmm. 
So in the early days of Bitcoin, there was just a lot of broken things that need to be fixed. And over the past three years, being in the industry and, you know, getting to see the evolution of the space and the opportunity and the reach that the technology has, the blockchain, you know, it's just like the early days of the internet. There were so many broken things that had to scale and get to a point where they could be adopted. And uh, that's what's really exciting about blockchain technology right now. Now, Kevin, we've done some homework, at least our team, our army of researchers has done some homework <laughs> on our two guests. And then we're about to talk about digital transformation and starting with some, some defining of the terms. However, it should be noted that Nadia is an expert craftsman when it comes to baking, right? And she's a historian and a passionate about uh, the, the study of history. And our files tell us that Bradford is a world-class uh, award-winning surfer out there on the West Coast after wakeboarding <laughs> uh, down here in the Southeast where our waves aren't big enough to do much uh, much surfing, right, Bradford? That's correct. It's a little different. <laughs> Lots of lakes. Got to be behind yeah. a boat. <laughs> it's also too cold out there on the West Coast in the water. Got to have a wet. <laughs> well, we're going to get out there one day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about surfing, but uh, I look forward <laughs> to seeing it at some point. But uh, a pleasure to have both of y'all join us here on Digital Transformers. Thank I'm you. looking forward to, uh, we're looking forward, Kevin and I are looking forward to picking your brain a bit more. As I mentioned on the front end in the pre-show, uh, I am not a technologist. I've, I've been learning a lot from Kevin, uh, especially as it relates to digital transformation. I look forward to learning from both of you here today. But let's do this. There's probably a lot of folks like me, well, maybe not so many, uh, this slow, for, like I am to technology, but folks trying to wrap their head around this phrase called digital transformation and what it really means. So Nadia, I want to start with you. You know, from an you know, international perspective there in Brussels, how would you explain and define digital transformation to some of our listeners? Digital transformation, how I explain it, is the transformation of, of the business using technology. Often we think of digital transformation, it's the technology is going to transform everything and that human will be lost in technology. But that's not true at all because the transformation is happening because we human, we are making it happen. So we own the technology and there should be a better relationship between the human and the technology because currently there is a big fear when it comes to digital transformation, innovation, people who are afraid of losing their job. But instead of looking at it that way, we should look on how we are going to transform business in a digital world, in the digital era, so that it be more, it become more profitable for us business leaders, but as well that we can have much of what we want. If we want to spend more time with our family, why not? We can delegate a lot of tasks. We can have better business intelligence, which is very important because the business intelligence has changed in the digital age. Before we were in the industrial age, now we are in the digital age. We are going to do business differently, but we will still be doing business and it will be human leading the, the digital age. I appreciate that. What a well-rounded definition. And, and I think the phrase can be a bit intimidating for some digital transformation because they're not exactly sure what that means and, and whether they're leading it, whether they're participating in a, in a transformation initiative themselves. It can be, it can be a bit um, rattling a bit, but Bradford, what else would you add to Nadia's definition of digital transformation? You know, I think in so many ways, we're still in the early days of the internet and the full 
you know, reach of where it's taking us as humanity and society and everything. And, um, you know, there's a lot of broken parts of the current internet infrastructure that we're Mm. using. And, you know, even recent events have, you know, made us understand more and more um, why there needs to be more transparency, security, and all of these things regarding our digital identities, footprints, um, the information that we receive, um, everything. So, you know, I think um, this next chapter of the internet is going to be on a much newer set of rails called the blockchain. Cybersecurity is a huge issue with the current infrastructure of the internet. So the problem is cybersecurity. Blockchain is the solution as the standard for the new cybersecurity standard. So that's the way I see it. You know, we're just moving out of a legacy system and infrastructure onto a much more um, sophisticated set of rails that's going to provide a lot of opportunities for the future scaling of where the internet's taking us. Love it. All right. So, and Kevin, I'll give you a chance before we talk about digital currencies. Anything you would you add, uh, Kevin, to Nadia Bradford? Well, I think it's Nadia highlighted the fact that digital transformation is really about people. It's not about the technology. And uh, it's the interaction between people. And when Bradford is talking about the security, it's, it's really securing the information about those people um, uh, leveraging the blockchain. Yeah, great point there. Love that point. All right, so Bradford, sticking with you, this, this golden age of global business, wonderful. Uh, there's so many opportunities out there, international commerce and beyond. So how would you, uh, where does digital currencies come into digital transformation space? So, yeah, when we're speaking about just digital currencies, you know, let's relate that just to like some major cryptos that, you know, people are familiar with, like, for instance, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Everybody knows those as household names if you learned about crypto. And so many people, you know, have been investing in that a long time. And a lot of people have had success because, you know, it's a true limited supply of assets and digital real estate. So people are taking advantage of participating in this opportunity mm-hmm. to store a value. But what a lot of people and a lot of businesses need to understand is, yeah, this is a great asset to add to your balance sheet. And yeah, it's a great store of value. But really, the, the way that this can be used as a money transfer vehicle to go around the traditional set of rails, especially between you know every merchant and consumer, whether that's credit cards or PayPal, um, Bitcoin offers superior technology that allows these consumers and merchants to peer to peer, give a hundred percent of an asset right then and right there with, you know, no to small transaction fee and no lag time where, you know, if you go through PayPal or another credit card service, it may take days or weeks for that uh, payment to actually hit your account. You know, there's a lot of power, um, with receiving 100% of that asset right then and there, and then being able to reallocate it and disperse it and operate your business quickly and much more efficiently. Love it. It's like a whole new generation of optimizing your order to cash uh, process. So uh, we'll be talking a lot more about that, Kevin, uh, in the months ahead. Uh, Nadia, same question to you. Where, Where do you see digital currencies kind of fitting into the overall digital transformation uh, landscape? Well, the thing is that with digital transformation, we go global. Business is done globally, not locally. 
So that's mean we have a lot of decentralization, whether it's the workforce, uh, the, uh, the tools we use, then the one value we've been using, most of the time we use dollar, American mm -hmm. dollar. Although I'm in Europe, most of the time I use American dollar for my business. And years ago in Europe, we had that big issue with so many different currency for different states, we had to adopt the euro. So it was a way to centralize business. But today in a global market, the Bitcoin is the global currency. Mm. Even if it's not fully now, tomorrow it's going to be the global currency that allow every business to decentralize. Because what happened with a currency, a currency is held by a country and anytime there is inflation and political instability, the currency is affected. With Bitcoin, it will be, I mean, for a pandemic like we have today with the COVID-19, that this kind of thing that could impact the Bitcoin much more than if there is, let's say, a coup d'etat in one country. So Bitcoin and as well uh, blockchain, that's the decentralization uh, value, the decentralization technologies for digital transformation. Wow, that's a, that's a huge statement right there, Nadia. You're, you're basically saying that Bitcoin and these digital currencies are going to replace international commerce. I mean, that's going to really change the, the global supply chain, how people buy and, and sell things. Uh, Bradford, what, what's your point of view on this? How, how should companies really view digital currency from, from that lens? Well, I mean, I, I think a great example and something that's caught a lot of the mainstream attention is, you know, now, you know, there's been a lot of different, you know, real estate deals and transactions that have happened with Bitcoin that have made news and got uh, recognized through different PR. But now that Elon Musk is, you know, accepting Bitcoin and other cryptos as a payment yeah. for Tesla. I mean, this is really huge because it's going to be, you know, really showing the uh, the power of the technology when people that uh, want to go buy a Cybertruck can just pay for that right there with Bitcoin. You know, people's eyes are really going to be opened as, wow, why am I not running my business like Elon's running his business? Because in so many ways, people are just going to want to adopt new technology and participate in these assets um, and accept them as means of transactions just because now you have people that are definitely the smartest some of the smarter people mm -hmm. you know in business and in all types of different verticals that are saying hey this is the way that business owners can have a huge advantage for any entrepreneur well yeah i just saw uh, yesterday i think that mastercard is going to launch a credit card that supports quote selected digital coins. And I mean, Elon is, you know, he made his money in PayPal and now PayPal is going to be taking Bitcoin. So as a, as a business owner, how do you get ready for this inevitable transaction, especially small business owners? I mean, is, is this something that they don't have to worry about? Should they run out and get a digital wallet today? <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that the truth of it is, you know, all of these businesses since Bitcoins existed could have been accepting it as a way of payment. But, you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, 
trust with the asset. You know, there wasn't a lot of ease of use as far as how to use it, how to accept it. But really, you know, now there's so many different financial platforms that people are familiar with, like Coinbase, Cash App, PayPal, and like now you're even hearing about MasterCard, you know, getting in the game. But all of these services are going to be offering ways and already do offer, for instance, like a Bitcoin wallet. So, you know, if you can have a easy way, which lots of technologies are providing to be able to list mm -hmm. your wallet address, then it's very easy for you to present your consumer with that as a merchant and say, hey, just send me that asset right now because I'll get a notification on my phone that I've received it. That's how fast the blockchain moves. So, um, you know, it is, uh, there's a lot of tools and resources that are being scaled and uh, that are gonna hit the mainstream to make these crypto transactions very easy and simple and just not complicated, you know, so many things were very hard to uh, use in the early days of the internet. People had no idea how to use it. It's funny watching those old news clips of people talking about the early days of the internet. What is this? I put a www. Can you tell me what an email is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, now 10 years, you know, now, now where we're at, you know, in 2021, it's just crazy how it's totally, um, transformed everything already you know you can't not participate in this digital world and i think this last year has been a huge proof of concept showing us you know if we want to survive in this uh, day and age we have to be uh, competing with the right tools and uh, you know blockchain and a lot of these digital assets are huge tools they just have to continue to be educated in the mainstream eyes so that uh, people can learn how to use them and there's a lot of businesses that are pushing these tools to make it easier I'd like to add something with it. The technology itself, both for blockchain and Bitcoin, this part is easy, creating the digital currency. The biggest challenge that we need to expect is the adoption. Mm -hmm. Adoption by people because people are used to a currency that is held somewhere that, I mean, they, they, they are attached to that kind of security. So uh, when, when someone like uh, Elon invests in it, that starts a trend. Mm. Because the one thing that has slowed down, this, it's, this, it was the security aspect. The second point is government. Because for government, that means they are going to lose control. Yeah. And that, they won't like it. So a company will need business owners need to be very innovative on how they use it. And as well, businesses must they must be on the forefront of the forefront of the innovation they should be the one driving it because there is so much freedom that you can get with the bitcoin and the blockchain that it's scary for government it's scary for people as well so there is a lot of education customer education for the customer experience and every business owner should think about educating people in about the adoption of the bitcoin because it's a completely different uh, new world a new way of doing business for them but any business that are invested the more businesses are investing in it the more people will be comfortable in adopting. Well, one thing I want to sort of pull on that a little bit, because you've been over in Europe for quite a while, you, you went through the uh, transition from the different national currencies to Euro, you're, you're there watching 
the Eurozone being rocked by Brexit and all yeah. of the challenges with respect to international trade and, and commerce, a small business or even a moderate sized business trying to deal with all of these change and, and now they're getting hit with Bitcoin. I mean, you said you think it's going to be maybe replace the dollar as as international currencies. I mean, what, what's going to happen yeah. to international trade? Are we going to have a, a euro exit here soon? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt because the different countries, the, the difference between Europe and America is that you can have uh, 50 states, but you speak the same language, even when everyone speaks other language. And they are more common point than in Europe. In Europe, for example, I live in Belgium, there are three languages for a very small country. Imagine doing marketing in this <laughs> Yeah, country. Yeah. It's very expensive, you know, it's very expensive. And same thing in France, the way we do business in the north is different than the south. So there's so many, there are so many differences in Europe. And the, the issue is that everyone wants to keep their identity. Everyone is fighting mm, to keep their identity. Yeah. Even in the same country, everyone is fighting to keep it. So I don't see them leaving, uh, not adopting the euro. There, there will be there may be more uh, similar like the Brexit. Some country will realize that, okay, it's not in my interest, this uh, euro thing, because I have to pay much more. I'm leaving the euro. But this is not sustainable because long term, we are growing global. So any attempt to become smaller, unless if you are a huge country like uh, France, Germany, they have more freedom than Belgium mm. can because Belgium is a small country. Its negotiation power is very small. But uh, still, they have to join the global force. So I do see Bitcoin will be normal currency. It will be an alternative currency along with the euro. I don't see the euro disappearing. No. But many people later may will prefer to use blockchain. But again, that's the customer education part that business leaders need to do to help people not to be too fearful about the uh, uh, Bitcoin. God, how do you see this? Well, I'll tell you what, from what I'm learning, so I spoke to a dear friend of mine that I worked in metal stamping with in the manufacturing industry uh, several years back. And you know, he's been diversifying a wide variety of his investments. And he was telling me not too long ago, about how he invested in bit in Bitcoin a few years back and how well it's doing here today. <laughs> so clearly, based on that anecdotal local friendly feedback, and then what I'm hearing here, I gotta get with it. I gotta get with the program and, and dive deeper because it is truly transforming global business, not just and, and, and we're gonna talk about global supply chain here again in a minute, because that's one of my you know, I'm a big supply chain nerd, Bradford and Nadia. Kevin knows this already. <laughs> So let's talk about, if, if we can, uh, Nadia, I'm going to stick with you for a second and Bradford, I'll come, come to you next. But Nadia, let's say you know, international supply chains are here to stay. I mean, I mean, there's been a lot of talk here in the States, at least, about you know, reshoring and nearshoring. And, and, and surely there, there's, there's already been some of that. There'll be some of that. But, you know, because consumers love, still love inexpensive things, and that's still, despite some other things they're shaping priorities, still that's really important. And, and that really requires that flex across international supply chains in many ways mm-hmm. to act on that, that consumer sentiment. But Nadia, let's say, let's play a little role-playing game here. Let's say I lead a 
international supply chain. And I really, you know, I, I might be late acting, but I want to jump on and, and tackle a, dig, a successful digital transformation approach. For starters, how would I approach that? And then, and then secondly, if you could address, you know, what training or certification programs, what resources are out there to help me and my team really be successful at it? Well, it will supply the supply chain be uh, your core business? Yes. Okay, that's great. So whether it is your core business or not your core business, because many organizations, it's not their core business. It's part, it's like a supporting uh, business unit in it. And both they should consider a 360 degree transformation and not focusing on siloed. That means you should not focus on the supply chain part only. You should see your whole business. Because currently there is a big challenge. Many organizations who transform, they choose where they think their business need to transform one area or two, and they have some silo, they transform it. And then later on, some of them go bust or get even more challenges because there is a matrix effect. You don't you don't transform part of your business, but adopt a 360 degree transformation. That's mean looking at every business unit and reinvent the business. And we are talking about international business, global business. One of the first thing is about reviewing the business model. That's very important. First thing, right. seeing the business model, how does it fit in a global market, especially for supply chain, as you say, everyone like a cheap some cheap things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you want to keep but, but every business is international yeah. on the internet. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So I will consider really have a full digital strategy. When I say the full digital strategy, for example, I won't consider one technology, let's say. If you want to implement artificial intelligence, I will tell you, don't just go and implement artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence by itself doesn't exist. Artificial intelligence by itself is dumb. Artificial intelligence without data is completely dumb. <laughs> without the cloud is useless. <laughs> hey, tell us how you really feel, Nadi. Don't hold anything back. Don't hold anything back. So it's a system we put together. Uh. And with the right business strategy, with the right process, with the right business model. Because what's happening, what I see happening a lot, especially the past five years before COVID-19, many organizations, they were transforming, they take one part, they, they choose what they are going to implement, they, they are going to transform the marketing, okay, we do digital marketing, we take care of the customer experience, but behind the things couldn't work together. Mm. So this model should not exist anymore. It's not sustainable. If a company implement that kind of model today, there is an it's emergency mm. to have a full transformation, a 360 degree transformation to re-examine your whole organization. Otherwise I give you no more than two years to live. So you must do something. And I sign my name on it. <laughs> So it's very important to look at it like that. And based on the strategy, you are going to choose the different tools to implement together to transform your business. Again, as I say, it's not what the technology is going to do to your business. It's how it's what you as an executive, what you are going to use technology to achieve in your business. So therefore, 
the business model, the business vision is very important. And then further, we go further down and we talk technology, the last thing. Talk your goals. Yes, yes, in the visions, goals, and we go down further. And about uh, learning what people, yes. and actually I've seen that happen with so many organizations that, especially organizations that I'm called in to rescue the implementation. And then that's when you are finding out that part of it was conceived, but most of it was left behind. So in that context, I created a 365-degree approach to digital transformation, where I covered from the business vision until last implementation. And there is such a misunderstanding of digital transformation that some people will say, but I cannot understand that you do it all, Nadia. I say, I don't do it all. <laughs> I can't do it all. But as an executive, I know all the part in your business, what you need to implement. Mm -hmm. And then there are part I'm very specialized in and there are other part, then I will call some other expert to, to, to contribute to it. And that's how you get a 365 degree digital transformation. And I created this program that I delivered to organization globally. Uh, Kevin, his part is helping in delivering this program as well, where we, we work more on networking, cloud, artificial intelligence, and data structure. And that's a way to help organizations to shift from the siloed to a full 360-degree, 65-degree uh, digital transformation. Well, all right. So a lot there. It's, so, you're, so you're saying it's really simple, <laughs> Nadia, right? <laughs> Three-point plan. Now, I appreciate what you shared there. And I really appreciate, as Kevin kind of put it, it's about people. Some of what I heard you say there, Nadia, is is don't lock in on digital because it truly is business transformation, right? And and uh, a friend of the show, DC, uh, made that point in, in some of our earlier uh, programming, Kevin, and, and I think it's really spot on. All right. And thank you for sharing some resources. I'd like to add something to simplify all what I said that was long because I created a formula for this, which is very simple. Oh. <laughs> so digital, digital transformation is equal to individual transformation time business transformation time technology transformation and all divided by fear fear, <laughs> fear. because fear that's what is causing people to stop innovating uh, we need to reduce fear and we need to unleash the power of innovation from everyone and you cannot approach digital transformation without transforming the individual without transforming the business and the technologies, all of it together. So not there's hopefully, you yeah, know, not down to fear. Yes. Not down to fear. Business calculus was not kind to me in, in college. <laughs> so I'm hoping there's not going to be any quiz on, on these equations. <laughs> Nadia, after the interview. All right. So Bradford, let's talk about digital currencies and, and I appreciate what you've shared already, but for, for business owners, business leaders, for that matter, anybody that wants to further explore and kind of train themselves up, what what resources, what learning uh, resources are out there? Yeah, so I'll get into education in one second. I just wanted to back up something Nadia said, and I you know, appreciate everything that she just said there. Something that's been really interesting to me with supply chain is, you know, already watching some big companies adopt it. So, you know, we talked about Tesla, but, you know, something that's really interesting is Amazon, you know, for the past 
about two years now, you could buy anything on Amazon with crypto up to a certain price point, you know, so like, you know, probably like five, $10,000, but it's very simple. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting to learn how they were, you know, utilizing it to help their supply chain because, you know, basically I would ba- download this little browser extension called Moon Technologies. And I've talked to this company and, you know, they're partnering with Amazon. But essentially what this browser extension did is when you get on the Amazon checkout page, it would just pull up your Coinbase wallet and then you could pay them directly in Bitcoin. So the first thing I noticed was really cool is like you put in a address, but you don't have to put in a billing address for like a credit card processing and there's no lag time on Amazon's side as far as like, oh, well, let's wait till we get our money to send out the package. It's like, oh, we have 100% of the asset already in Bitcoin. So we can send out the package right now. There's no lag time. You know, and that also was cool because, you know, on certain days, they called them crypto prime days on Amazon. If you paid with crypto, you'd get an incentive because on their side, they're not paying a transaction fee. They don't have to wait on the money. So it's like, you know, why wouldn't I offer my incentive, uh, my uh, consumer incentive yeah. for giving me a preferred payment option? So, you know, on the back end, it's not like uh, Amazon's holding all of this Bitcoin. Uh, you know, they work with a broker dealer to convert that to USD immediately. Or, you know, they probably have some that they add to their balance sheet that they don't liquidate. But just as a use case for supply chain and just showing how you know, Amazon's, you know, big corporate, but if every small business owner could be doing this, you know, they could offer their consumers incentives as well. And they could, you know, have the same advantages Amazon is having as far as immediately receiving that asset and not having to rely on any of the third parties that these businesses rely on. So it's kind of like going into what Nadia is saying is, you know, understanding that, you can't be scared of these tools because they're so disruptive and that's something that you need to get behind because you can really be disrupting your current supply chain model if you adopt these yeah. technologies. Just do the equation she gave <laughs> and you know it all makes sense, right? It's, uh, don't be scared, figure it out. I want to get my protractor for that one. Yeah, yeah. Don't be scared, figure out how to do it and it's become easier and easier. And uh, I guess just kind of pivoting to the next part of the question, just education. So, so Bradford, if I can weigh in just for yeah. a second, yeah. before we switch over to education on digital currencies, Kevin, Bradford and Nadia just dropped <laughs> a ton of knowledge here. Uh, so before we, before we talk about education on digital currencies, what would you piggyback on here? What's, what's, what's one of the most important things that our audience really needs to understand about that last segment? Well, I don't want to scare people with equations, but that equation was really important because that denominator, yeah, it's, it's yeah, the it, fear, it did make sense, right? Huh? The more fear you have, the less you can take advantage of your own transformation of the individual, your business transformation, and the use of technology for transformation. So you really, you slow yourself up by having yep. fear, right? You no, know, go try mm-hmm. things, learn about things, get the education. Fear, there's no real value in fear. It just takes fear away. 
Love that. All right. So now Bradford, now we're going to talk about using the education to smashing that fear, right? Smashing that fear down. What, what are some resources you'd recommend to folks? So I would recommend, you know, credible sources for information, just like anything. And that's been very hard to find in the crypto space with it being, you know, a lot of people just saying like, I might be a Bitcoin influencer or a, a blockchain expert, but you know, up to this point, everybody's really trying to learn how this technology is going to become standardized and, uh, you know, really implemented into, you know, all these different models. So credible source for information, I, I would listen to a lot of the speakers on uh, Real Vision, if you've heard of that. I think the BlockWorks group, uh, Anthony Pompliano, their podcast, um, Off the Chain, offers a lot of good information. And, you know, there's only going to become more and more opportunities for education. I actually see a lot of, uh, you know, the next few years, there being a, a lot of job opportunities created around just helping businesses, consumers, uh, individuals educate themselves and uh, set up these technologies that are going to enable them to transform their businesses utilizing these tools. So, you know, just like in the early 90s, when you had a, a business that was just a bunch of cubicles with no computers in it, they had to hire some kind of service to come in. And whether those people knew how to use those tools or not, they had to implement the tools and educate them how to use them to evolve the business and continue to allow it to scale. So, you know, we're just going to see another one of those opportunities. And, uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways, it will help the economy um, and job creation a lot. And that's international, because this is not just a domestic thing. This is a global, uh, wow. a global resource. Well put, uh, Kevin, I'm going to toss it back over to you, but really quick when, when Bradford talked about that, that cubicle example, uh, it took me for some reason, it took me back to my air force days back in my first stint. And we were using 286s <laughs> and 386s. And then we got the, the fast 486, <laughs> I think with the first Pentium chip, but to Bradford's point, we got, we got to lean on those trusted uh, resources and advisors that help us figure out where that, you know, how can we implement that kind of stuff and act on it and get over our fear that prevents us from acting. So a lot of good stuff here. All right. So Kevin, where are we going next? Yeah. Well, I was just wondering, Brad, for, for this training education, is there a top age limit? So you ain't stable. Oh, I never mind. <laughs> you got to be young. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why there's going to be a lot of jobs created for people that have patients. I tell you, this is this has really been an enlightening discussion. I mean, we've learned a, a lot of how things are going to going to change. So, other people, other than me, are interested in learning more. So, so Brad, how how would listeners get in touch with you to to learn? And I'm going to get the same thing from Nadia. Yeah. So, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. My name's Bradford Botus and uh, that's B as in boy, O-T-E-S. And uh, also connect with us over at Dealbox. Go to our site, dlbx.io. We're a, a company that's packaging up a lot of these digital securities. So, you know, we're tokenizing these companies' cap tables and equity so that, you know, their security and revenue streams and royalties can all flow on a blockchain. But we have a lot of crypto related companies uh, that are helping with this education, adoption, resources. 
So definitely get in touch with me if you'd like to learn more about these companies uh, and just ongoing education. We'll be doing some cool things with the Clubhouse app, if you're familiar with it, uh, where we'll have a chat room uh, that will allow people to come on and join us and ask questions and just learn more about the uh, different tools and resources that we have. Yeah, I just uh, found out about what makecryptoeasy.io. So uh, go check that out. And uh, yeah. Nadia, yeah. Transformation, how do they reach out to you and, and, and learn more about what they need to do? They can reach out to me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn name is m.nadiavincent. My uh, company is digitaltransformationleaders.com. And you can see the logo with the, the big icon behind me. And for education, well, for the last seven years, I've been educating people, preparing themselves to adopt digital transformation. And my second book, Leveraging Digital Transformation, which you will find on Amazon and any other libraries, Leveraging Digital Transformation is focusing on education. I mean, 360 degree, 65 degree transformation. And as well on digital transformation leaders, we have lots of courses and coaching for that. So I can be rich that way. On, on Twitter, my name is IT Transleader at IT Transleaders. So okay. yeah, I'm very available online. Well, great, IT Transleader. So um, on that note, be sure to check out a wide variety of industry thought leadership at supplychainnow.com. And you can, you can find us and subscribe wherever you get your, your podcast. So on behalf of the entire team here at Supply Chain Now, this is Kevin L. Jackson and Scott Lutton wishing all of our listeners a bright and transformable future. We'll see you next time on Digital Transformers. Thanks everybody. Mm -hmm.